If you love plants and you love history, then a new book written by flora expert Dr. John Ackroyd with contributions from Liz Cowley and Donna O'Brien could be just the read for you. With entertaining information and some illuminating and startling facts, Plants and Us looks at how plants have shaped human history, civilization and our society. I'm Josette Lesser and I'm delighted to welcome John to Brooklyn's radio. John, what an extraordinary idea for a book. Tell me a little bit about it. Well, it all started for many years. I've taken uh, botanical tours in Europe, especially the Mediterranean. And on the tours, I think the plant name is the least interesting thing. Each plant has a story. And um, Dunner and Liz and I were in the south of France, where I've been doing some tours. I was sitting in a cafe in the Cévennes and probably drank too many beers. And Dunner said, why don't we write a book? because he and Liz have written several books on various things. And why don't we write a book on plants? Because you're always telling these stories. We'll put them into a book. And so we we got our heads together. And, and well, it, a few months later came lockdown, which was a chance to actually get things finished, although it made it difficult because we, it was harder to communicate and all that sort of thing. But nevertheless, it arose before lockdown and, and it came out of lockdown. So did you do a lot of research on this? Because you have some fascinating stories in there covering presidents and pop stars, yeah. royalty actors. I mean, that's yeah. that's incredible. Well, there's quite a lot of odd research. I mean, most of the botanical information, actually quite a lot of the history was sort of, so to speak, in my head. But clearly I, I have been a professional scientist all my career. And so I do like to check things. And, uh, you know, the three of us looked things up and uh, kept finding things. You know, every day on the radio, somebody would mention something about plants. Oh, yeah, we we know that one. Uh, Or that's a new one for us. So we, we, we made sure we trawled very widely in any aspect of human life that involves plants. Because there are so many books on botany and, or on wildflowers and gardening. But this gets away from those, we hope. But I suspect gardeners will be our main audience. Give me just a little sneak preview of some of the types of things that you found out. Well, one of my favourite interests is uh, we hear a lot about slavery and this sort of thing. And obviously slavery comes into the book because plants, in order to harvest them, modern slavery began. But on the other hand, one group of people who've been abused horribly, who have given us so much, are the Native Americans. And I've always, ever since as a little boy, they read as Hiawatha and I burst into tears. I find it very moving. It's a wonderful story. And uh, I I just found the, the, the fantastic contribution of the Native Americans, North, South and Central uh, America, w- what they've given us, some of the potato for a start, the tomato, and and, and chili peppers, which uh, Columbus brought back from the West Indies after his first voyage. And within a year or two, they were going around the world with the Portuguese and the Spanish. But I do rather like the, um, the story of the arrival of the um, Pilgrim Fathers in North America, Obviously, not the first people to arrive there, but they weren't much used poor people. They, they were more interested in religion than in self-sufficiency. And helped by the local Native Americans, they got through the first year. And at the end of it, they had Thanksgiving. Well, one of the it's one of the theories, the origin of Thanksgiving, but definitely they all got together for a bit of end of term feast. And they ate the uh, American crops, uh, the, the uh, 
all through the Americas, a, a combination of maize, uh, beans and squashes, which they called the Three Sisters, was important. And this would have started off in Central America, probably, but it went up to right up to Canada. And one of the things they used to make was um, a dish with beans, beans mixed with bear fat. You know, that's not so easy to get these days. Uh, bear fat and um, maple syrup tapped from the maple trees. And this became Boston baked beans. Um, and they tended to add later molasses because the British were taxing the sugar. And the bear fat gradually went out of use. But uh, the dish is effectively what I call baked beans. And it is one of the, it's a sort of world staple. And it certainly saved the poor, in, even in Britain, from starvation at times. And definitely students. Um, and it, it's, it remains a firm favourite. Like, there's nothing I like more than sausage and beans or you know, that sort of thing. So it's, it's, it's a rather nice link with the Pilgrim Fathers and with the Native Americans who were treated so harshly and yet have contributed so much to uh, our, our daily lives. And that's fascinating. And yes, I do have baked beans in the cupboard as we speak. Yes. <laughs> but talking about Americans, you mention why the Americans called the Brits limeys. Oh, yes, this was uh, in the 18th century. Scurvy had been the scourge of seamen for millennia. And a Scottish uh, doctor realised that if you give them, he, he tried berries combinations of things to give sailors on long voyages and lemons and limes work very well and so the British sailors were given limes or lime juice and the Americans at first were amused by this so they called this limeys. Oh my goodness that's amazing yeah that's amazing now let's talk a little bit about you because you have a fascinating background you alluded to it so you started off in research for flora and even weeds I believe oh yes big time weeds yes big time weeds so how did you get into all of this oh well I, I was interested ever since I was a tiny child three or four literally I would like going around the garden I like showing people the plants and telling them what they were horrible child actually <laughs> um, but then I always wanted to be a botanist and as a young boy I thought I'll have to join the church because I realized that a lot of vicars were botanists and I thought it's the only way I could do it so it was a revelation when I realized I could do A-level biology botany and go to university and so I did the standard academic thing I went to university did a PhD and then did a couple of postdoctoral fellowships. And I still, you know, do botanical research, but now most of what I do is popular writing and editing and that sort of thing. And um, yeah, I, I was interested in the scientific researches in the more popular stuff. You also mentioned about tour guiding and you've traveled extensively in Europe and the Mediterranean. You contribute to projects which support sustainable farming and conservation. Tell me a little bit about that work. Well, that's in Romania. Uh, for years, I worked in Greece. It was always my favorite country. And as a, uh, I, I think it's mentioned in the book, Greece has more wildflowers than any other country in Europe by area. I think Spain has slightly more, but they cheat because they include the Canary Islands. But Greece is so rich. A lot of old crop varieties, that sort of thing. And I studied the Greek flora, but then I got an opportunity to go to Romania, which is more like England. Transylvania has a climate colder in winter and hotter in summer, but basically rather like England. We share a lot of wildflowers, plus a lot more exotic ones, including many from Greece and Turkey, and also the Russian steppes. And I was taken by a friend on a whim to an area where 
they'd had traditional farming. The local people were actually Germans, known as Saxons to the locals, um, who had gone there in the Middle Ages and continued their excellent farming. In the Middle Ages, they were very, very advanced farmers. They had the latest techniques from Northern Europe, um, the same techniques that launched our own agricultural revolution. Um, but by the, the 1990s, this was all looking a bit old fashioned, but it was very sustainable and the wildlife and wildflowers prospered under this slightly old fashioned regime without intensive farming. So I'm now part of a project that's to try to bring their farming into the modern world without losing any of the natural stuff um, and giving poor peasant farmers a, a good living in the modern world. And the latest thing we're doing, we've introduced beef cattle to our area, which are brilliant at restoring old meadow that's been either abandoned or, or hammered by too many sheep. So it, it's, it's an interesting application of my botanical knowledge, working with a team of friends, mostly Romanians, but one or two English people. Absolutely fascinating. Your life is incredible. The, the things you've done, the things you're doing. We've mentioned, of course, this is Plants and Us. It's your 17th book. If people want to get hold of it, how do they find you? You can certainly get it online via the publisher or Amazon. It's GB Publishing. Well, John, thank you so much for joining us. And I really look forward to reading Plants and Us because it sounds fantastic. Well, people who open it say they, they always find something new and interesting and they, they do enjoy it. Thank you.